0: being here, and I thank you for uh, the calling that you have on his life, and uh, so many men and women like him, Uh, Father, and um, we pray that, uh, and we depend upon your word that says that it will not return void, but it will accomplish that for which you've sent it, and we pray as uh, Bibles go out from the Gideons. Uh, that Father, you would use that uh, the power of your word, Father, to transform lives and uh, so Father, we just um, we pray for this ministry, and um, Father, pray that it would be a part of what you're doing to redeem a lost world back to you, and Father, we just trust this to you in Jesus name, and all god 's people said, Amen, Amen. Um, god 's word is the written inspired record of God's revelation to himself over the last uh, 6,000 years of human history and the start of this year we uh, uh, set an ambitious task of taking this year to doing a flyover of the Bible that we might see it Uh, the big picture of what God has and the premise of all these sermons really starts with this idea that it's only when we see uh, the big picture and see God's big story uh, that our story can have meaning and purpose I really want you to I, I want you to think about that really how is how would it be possible if if the God of the universe that has revealed himself and presented himself in his written word, if it is truly about his story and what he is doing, how is it possible for our story to have any meaning or purpose outside of that story? And so this year, it's about seeing the Bible, the big picture of the Bible and uh, but, but it's more than that it comes down to our personal lives to say so what is my story gonna be as a part of God's one big story uh, this morning uh, in the f- I guess the fourth message in this series out of 50 whew, We're already almost one-twelfth of the way through. Wow. just seems like four weeks ago we started this. That was a joke. It was four weeks ago. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, George. That was a little bit delayed. But uh, uh, God, uh, all of a sudden, Chooses in his sovereignty, his election, his choice, to focus his attention on one person and that person's descendants or lineage. And I, I want you to get this picture that uh, we're approximately 6,000 years into human history. In the first 2,000 years, so basically from 4,000 B.C. to 2,000 B.C., God has revealed himself on several occasions to the entire world through first Adam and then Noah, and as we studied last Sunday, Job. But think about that. So for 10 and a half chapters plus the book of Job, if you're taking the Bible in a chronological sense, God has revealed himself to a few people, but over 2,000 years. I know this is goofy, but this is the way my brain works. If there was like a revelation meter of when God spoke and dealt for the first 2,000 years, the meter would sound, sound something like this. Beep. Beep. I know this is goofy. Beep. <laughs> Sorry. It's like every once in a while, God appears over several hundred years and he speaks. But re- really, not registered with some of you, the, not, the, I have more. I have more. All of a sudden, we get to Genesis 12 to the person Abraham and the meter goes, That's the only way I can put it. Yeah, Some of you, that's all you're going to remember from the sermon was the revelation meter. But think about it. For 2,000 years, what did human beings know about God? There wasn't a whole lot that he had said in 2,000 years and not many things that he had done. Now, he'd done some big things. He'd done creation. He'd done the flood. No, there was the big things. And there's the episode with him speaking to Job. You know, some pretty significant things. But it was pretty selective for 2,000 years. This is what I want you to get this morning, big picture. For the next 2,000 years, God said there's one man and his lineage that I'm going to choose to reveal myself to in a way that I've never revealed myself As a part of God's redemptive plan he chose one man originally his name is Abram but he becomes Abraham and for 2,000 years God deals with Abraham and his descendants now big picture Bible where does this fit when Jesus Christ comes All of a sudden, what God does explodes, scatters scatters whatever you want to say to all the nations of the world for the last 2,000 years. You get it? First 2,000 years, what what did the revelation meter sound like? Beep, beep, yeah. We get then the next 2,000 years, Abraham and his descendants... And God's just revealing himself like crazy, and it's a part of his big picture plan of what is he going to do to redeem the world to himself. And then for the last 2,000 years, since Jesus, from the time of the early church until the present, God has revealed himself and the gospel has gone into all the families of the world. So I I don't know that we ever talk about those, but there's kind of 2,000 year segments Of how God has worked in human history. Um, The place of Abraham cannot be overstated in the history, in God's big story and what God does. I want you to see this morning the calling of Abraham... And we're gonna read nine verses in in Genesis 12 1 through 9 I want you to see the covenant that God makes with Abraham and Abraham's response to the initiative the revelation of God Genesis 12 1 through 9 now the Lord said had said to Abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And that's where we'll end in our reading today. That word south is actually a word that means, I think the Hebrew word is Negev. It's the southern part of the land of Canaan. I wanted you to see first this morning... Uh, hey Peyton can we put the timeline I want you just to get this and this is on your handout sheet uh, let me remind you there's handout sheets each week on the end of your pews you can take them you can make paper airplanes you can draw funny pictures of brother Darrell while he's preaching whatever you want to do with the sheets I don't really care but we have them there for you and we will have these also in the four year each by week by week and so if you miss a Sunday or if you miss the first three Sundays you can go out there pick up the sheets and it gives you Um, kind of just a gist of what we're covering but uh, most weeks I think there'll be a timeline. We just want you to place uh, Abraham generally even though Abraham lived 175 years just for general terms we're going to put him in 2000 BC. We've got Job that we cover Sunday about 100 years before that. Um, uh, Byron's preaching next Sunday we're going to cover the patriarchs and getting them to uh, Egypt and you will see Believe uh, we're gonna. Some of these are general dates. Uh, We're gonna put their arrival in Egypt in eighteen seventy-five B.C. And just want you to be able to see that. I also want to do. Can we do Abraham's map now, Peyton? So what the scripture says is that when God made a covenant with Abram. His name eventually becomes Abraham and Sarah, his wife becomes Sarah, that God promised him three things. there were three parts to the covenant. God said, there's going to be a land, there's going to be descendants and there's going to be a blessing. And I want you to kind of just for the framework of, of Abram's life, I want you to think about those things. God said, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you A multitude of descendants uh, and I'm going to bless you okay and this is a way that God had not dealt with anyone else in history this is the covenant side uh, the the God side of the covenant that God makes Uh, the first part of that was a land and what the Bible tells us even in Genesis chapter 11 in which Abram is introduced that Abram leaves Ur of the Chaldeans, which is in Mesopotamia. Uh, he travels with his family to Haran. And then from, from Haran, they go to the land of Canaan. And you can actually see, uh, I think on this map, Shechem, Bethel. Uh, the, well, you see the Negev, actually, at the bottom. And uh, Beersheba down there and just a little bit north of Beersheba is Hebron. Can we show the second map? of uh, the promised land uh, the land of Canaan and this is historically later and I know some of this you can't you can't see the names of that uh, part of part of my thought in all of these sermons is that you need to see a timeline of where things fit uh, Mike Warner was reading the Bible through chronologically he was just sharing with me he goes hey you were right I was reading through my chronological Bible also we're reading along in Genesis and Job they put Job right in there so he, it took him a book to decide that the preacher was right. Anyhow, I kind of wonder about him. But anyhow, that's all right. I'm thinking, how long have I been your preacher that you've questioned me? He goes, hey, you were really right. The jo- book of Job goes right in there uh, chronologically. But, but I want you to get a sense of these events because the Bible, uh, even though it is chronological in sections, is not chronological Uh, all the way through the other thing is I want you to see geographically and so we will come back to these maps to understand the story you have to understand the setting not only the time but the geography of it all the thing that strikes me (laughs) is that God called Abraham and promised him to a land it was the land of Canaan it was about a year's journey from Ur the Chaldeans to the land of Canaan this was not honey load up the kids and some sandwiches in the car we're going to Canaan No. they were nomads they lived in tents they had animals that they herded and they left and they began the journey most experts would say it took them about a year to get from Mesopotamia to the land of Canaan here's the other thing The land of Canaan that we're talking about on this map, the land that God said I'm giving you, these are approximate numbers, is about 50 miles wide and 150 miles long. 50 miles by 150 miles. (laughs) I'm going, wait a second. Actually, East Texas is larger than that. Somehow, some reason, God in his sovereignty says there's this little piece of land. And Abram, I'm going to give that to you. Well, actually, he's not going to give it to Abram. I'm going to give it to your descendants. That's going to be your land. I'm giving it to you. It's not where you live. And out of faith, Abram leaves where he's at all of his worldly possessions as a nomad And he goes to the land of Canaan. Now, here's a couple things that strike me about the story. Uh, And Abram's story is told from the second half of Genesis 11 through Genesis chapter 25. We're not covering the details of that today. We're just talking about big picture. Byron will talk about the patriarchs and getting to Egypt next Sunday, which is going to be Genesis 26 through 50. Uh, At the end of Abram's life, God had promised him his descendants a land. Do you know how much of that land Abram owned? He, he owned one little piece of land where he buried his wife. I believe it's outside of Hebron. Uh, the cave of Mach- Machpelah or however it's pronounced. Sarah dies and he buys this little piece of land, and he buries his wife there. And then Abram, Abraham, at that point is buried there. At the end of his life, God had said to a nomad, "I'm going to give you a land." Now, to us, 150 miles by 150 miles, pretty small. To Abraham, it's like, "Whoa, well, are you serious?" But at the end of his life, there was a very small part of that I, I don't even know how I don't know what I don't know what size a cave is but anyhow he doesn't own anything he's a nomad he lives in tents the second part of the covenant that God makes with Abraham is that he's going to give him descendants many descendants hey Peyton can we go to the screen that's got the three words um, land descendants blessing This will just help you kind of frame what I'm talking about this morning for the next few minutes. Descendants. The thing that strikes me about the story is God tells Abram to leave and go to a land that he will show him. And even at the end of his life, he owns very little of that land. But he gets to the land. The second aspect of the story is Abram's wife, Sarai, even from the start of the story, is barren. Abram has no children this is such a God thing when you read Genesis 12 you understand he's a nomad I'm gonna give you a land really don't own any of the land and I'm 175 years of age when I die you promised me that my descendants are gonna be like the sand on a seashore there's gonna be a multitude of them at some point in the story Abram approaches God about this and goes, uh, hmm, don't have any kids. Getting kind of older now. You know, so Abram is 75 when he goes to the land of promise. He's 85 when God uh, promises him a child. He's 85. Sarah, Sarah is 10 years younger than he is, so she's 75. Hmm. Talk about the biological clock ticking. Uh, But God said, no, your descendants are going to be like the the sand on the seashore. At 99, when Abram is 99, God renews the covenant, changes his name. Oh, this is such a God thing. From Abram, which is a Hebrew word name that means uh, exalted or high father, exalted father. And he says, no longer is your name Abram but you are Abraham, which means father of many, or father of a multitude. Okay, God, I'm 99 here, okay? No descendants by, and he changes Sarai's name to Sarah. We're not given the sense of what that change of name meant in the Scripture, so we don't know that. When Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah's 90, Isaac is born. Which is an amazing thing, yes. But I'm telling you, at the end of his life, there's Isaac, is his child. You're thinking, where is the multitude that is coming here? But God had promised that through his descendants, That God would bring a blessing to all the families of the earth. And the lineage of Abraham is so significant. In fact, that is the reason periodically through the Bible there are these genealogies. And you say, what's the significance of the genealogies? Why does the scripture, even in the New Testament, go into all that detail? because of Genesis 12 God said through you and your descendants I will bless all the families of the earth and they wrote down the names and they called him father Abraham it was going to be through his line that God was going to bring blessing to all the families of the earth this, the genealogies are very significant in the Bible To the Jewish people, the bloodline was very significant also. And so they married within themselves. And uh, as best they could, they kept that bloodline uh, within themselves. There are several names of the descendants of Abraham. They were first known as Hebrews. When they conquered the Promised Land, they became known as the Israelites after they had lost the promised land they'd gone into exile and they came back they became known as the Jews I want you to know that big picture Hebrews Israelites Jews different names but they are all the father they all come from father Abraham Uh, the third aspect is the blessing for 2,000 years you gotta get this big picture for 2,000 years, God said, I'm going to focus my attention and my activity through one family, the family of Abraham. you got to get this. And it's going it's it's to dominate really the rest of the Bible because it's going to get us through the next 2,000 years. Um, that God is going to deal with the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews, whatever you call them historically, they are the descendants of Abraham. God chose in his election to choose one person. And this is the crazy thing to me. I want to ask the question, why? Why Abraham? And there's no sense. Of why in Genesis 12 and 2000 BC that God would look at all the population of the world and go, hmm, you. There is no sense that Abraham was some kind of super spiritual giant. He was not a man of prominence in many sense. He was a sheep herder from Ur of the Chaldeans that lived in a tent And God said, no, it's you. And I'm going to bless the whole world through you. God, according to his sovereign election, chooses Abraham. And he focuses his activity on Abraham and his descendants to such an extent that when the Bible talks about Abraham, not only is he the father of the Jews historically, But Abraham is the only man in the Bible that was called the friend of God. The friend of God. God's blessing was that he was going to work through Abraham, he was going to focus his activity. And there's no great answer for why. Why Abraham? It was just God's sovereign election that's what he chose to do now part of the blessing that we see in Abraham was that and we see it in a little bit in in Genesis 12 in the scriptures that we've read God's part of the Covenant was that I'll give you a land I'm gonna give you descendants and I'm going to bless you. My hand is going to be upon your life, and I'm going to use your people. Boy, Byron's going to get into it next Sunday. There are some strange stories. If you've read the Old Testament, if you read the second half of Genesis, you're going to go, hmm, that was a little bit of a detour or a windy road. Hmm, I don't know about that story. These people don't seem sanctified, holified. To me, God's hand's on them. And God says, I will choose to work through your, you and your family. Has messed up at times as they could be God says this is my choice that was the blessing of God God said as a part of the blessing his name would become famous (laughs) I don't know when Abraham dies at 175 I don't know how many people were at his funeral but um I don't think he had any kind of worldwide renown. The thing that strikes me in the story God says land descendants blessing and you come to the end of his life and there's only a speck of land there's one son and I think very few people knew the name Abraham. But do you see the working of God that 4000 years later we talk about the man as the father of the Jewish people, the father of our faith. He's not only the father of the Jews. Oh, Don't have time to take that detour. He's the father of other nations. Also, why? Because of God's choosing. And what God said to Abraham is a part of the blessing. you got to get this, big picture. And this is kind of, we're getting down to the final point. God said, I'm going to choose you those who bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed and in you I will bless all the families of the earth I'm going to choose one family but I want you to know Abraham that I'm going to so deal with your life and I'm going to so bless you that all the families of the earth will be blessed. that's going to take 2,000 years because ultimately and this is part of the reason of the genealogies and all those books of the Bible the bloodline works its way down oh and there's some windy roads got off in the bar ditch a few times got back up on the road 2,000 years later as we just celebrated at Christmas a little girl who came from Abraham's descendants and a young man from the descendants of Abraham Mary and Joseph obviously it's not Joseph's child but anyhow that couple are the ones Mary receives the promised one who would come in the line of Abraham through whom all the families of the world will be blessed in Abraham's lifetime he didn't see it but the story that we are told is that Abraham lived in faith and obedience I, th- I think he's one of the first guys that's mentioned in the roll call of faith in Hebrews 11. I love this, and it's just a couple verses, but in Hebrews 11:8, 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise and then it says for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God God begins to work in Abraham's life in two things Abraham responds in faith Genesis fifteen six. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and in obedience. When God said, get up from the land you're at and go to a place that I will show you. And all through Abraham's life, faith and obedience. God blesses the world, yes, because of his choosing of Abraham, but because Abraham responded in faith and obedience. And 2,000 years later, in the line of Abraham... In all of the history that we're going to cover in the months to come, Jesus comes of the lineage of Abraham to be the one through whom God will bless all the families of the world. For 2,000 years, God narrowed. He focused his attention on one family who became, yes, a great nation. But when it comes finally to the final promised one who was to come, It explodes to all the families of the world from Jerusalem Judea Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world the gospel went hey Peyton can we show that other graphic with these three words with the fulfillment of them (laughs) you see God was working he had a plan there was something that he was working towards in his redemptive history And some of it takes thousands of years. But the descendant was Jesus that came. And through his death on the cross, his sacrifice, he came to die not just for the sins of the Jewish people, but for all people. And so the blessing went to all the nations. And ultimately, we even sing this in our songs. We talk about heaven as the promised land. God said, I'll give you a land, I'll give you descendants. And I'll give you a blessing. And the land is, all, is obviously the ultimate fulfillment of that is heaven. Heaven only comes through God's chosen way of salvation, which is Jesus Christ. That is God's choosing. And the blessing is not just for the Jewish people, but it is for all the nations. This is what I want you to, I want you to know this morning. Big picture, God chooses according to his wisdom. And it doesn't make a lot of sense most of the time in human terms. He chose Abraham and his plan was eventually that his son would be born of his lineage. Uh, Abraham, (laughs) oh, oh, mm. you got to get this. Abraham, everything we read in the Bible was not seeking God. God was seeking Abraham. God didn't look down and go, oh, here's a guy who's looking after me and trying to live a moral life, and I think he'd be a good candidate. And uh, God said, no, I choose him. And I will bless him, and I will work through him. It is God who initiates a relationship not only with Abraham, but God initiates a relationship with us. And that relationship, the means, what God chose as the path, the road to salvation, goes through Jesus Christ, the descendant of Abraham and the reason we're sitting here today is because that gospel fulfillment of of Abraham's covenant with with God all the families I don't know if there's any Jewish people here today I'm scanning the crowd I'm doubting it no we're we're part of the non-Jews all the families of the earth I want you to know today that there is only one way of salvation and it is God's choice (laughs) we today I'm just telling you this is the way it works this is the way the big story works you don't wake up one day and say I'm gonna choose God and I'm gonna get to him no God comes looking for you and God you don't say well you know what I think I'm gonna choose this path to get to God no You don't choose the path. God has chosen the path. You choose to either get on that path or not the path, but there is only one path to God, and it is through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God chooses. Why does God choose that? I don't know. I'm just here to tell you he chose that. He chose Abraham. And ultimately he chose through Jesus Christ all the families of the world would be blessed. It is only through him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Big story. You cannot overstate the significance of Abraham. Through the rest of the story, we will trace the land. I'm I'm telling you, the rest of the story takes place in that little 50-mile by 150-mile piece of land on earth and most of the story is going to deal with one people group the descendants of Abraham but eventually when we get to the New Testament it will spread to all the families of the earth and the gospel will go out I want you to know today God initiates a relationship with you and he is revealing himself to you and what he has revealed is it is through Jesus Christ that I come to God no other way. And you have to make a choice today. Not what makes sense to you. You can't say, well, it's my story and I'm going to write my story. Oh, you can do it. But how foolish it would be Knowing what God has revealed in his word of what this is all about. The only way your story can make any sense or have any purpose is if your story fits in his story. And the first step of that for us, 4,000 years removed from Abraham, is to say I will trust his one way of salvation, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Uh, Byron and I are going to be at the front. Uh, The most important thing today is for you to make a decision to follow Christ. He is the only way. Uh, If you have chosen to follow Him, There may be decisions of submission that say, God, I choose for my story not to be about me, but to be about you. And we pray the altar's open this morning as you have decisions to make. And I'm here at the front to receive you. Thank you.